We've all been hurt. We all carry scars. We can all overcome these things and be healed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's build that relationship together right here. Welcome to Healing Scars with Pastor Burton. Hey everybody and welcome back to the sanctuary. It is so good to have you back with us and for those of you who are new, welcome! Now, the past few weeks we've been looking at prayer an awful lot as we explored the book of Habakkuk. Specifically, his way of praying to speak to God, getting God's answers, and then his prayer of faith after his faith was restored and he had mended that bridge with uh, where he'd already had doubts. Now, today... We're going to finish this series out with a bit of a magnifying glass, if you will, on prayer and conversation. Now, I cannot emphasize enough that when it comes to relationships, communication is key. It is absolutely pivotal. Without it, you're not going to have a relationship, and any relationship that you do have it's going to be very weak and it's not going to last. All right. There isn't a person alive today that has had an instant relationship without some form of communication. It just can't be done. And our relationship with the father is no different. We have to talk to him and we do that through prayer. We're going to break down what this is and dispel myths and misconceptions right now. First and foremost, as we get started, I want to remind you that prayer is communication with God. It is a conversation between you and the Almighty, and it should flow as such a conversation There are certain things that we need to cover when we pray. And even though there is a ton of prayer documented throughout the Bible, Jesus recognized that people were still following poor examples. And so he gave us a guide to follow. We're going to work our way to it. To start, we're going to look at some ground rules for prayer that Jesus set forth himself. Now, for those who follow in their Bible and for those who are taking notes, we're going to listen to what Jesus has to say in the book of Matthew, specifically in chapter 6, and we're going to be looking at verses 5 through 6. So Matthew 6, verses 5 and 6, Jesus says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. There are those people, especially quote-unquote, religious leaders, who go out of their way to draw attention to themselves. They stand front and center with long, wordy prayers that use religious jargon, repetition, and overemphasis on certain words, occasionally yelling 
and possibly speaking some sort of gibberish in the attempt to sound like they're speaking in tongues and so on. The examples are absolutely endless, and we've all heard them at some point or other. So did Jesus, and he saw through all these facades. He saw through the showmanship and who these people truly were. In modern times, these people, identified as being holy, just the same as today, it didn't make it so. So while these self-righteous people were putting on a show and essentially playing pretend, Jesus taught that prayer is something different here. Now, yes, you can pray in public, and you should. That's part of what coming together as the church is. And there is a time and a place for this. However, your personal prayers should primarily be a private conversation between you and the Father. Recognize the intimacy here. Jesus says to close the door and pray in private. This is a sign of a very tight and personal relationship. It's very intimate. You know, in a world of safe places, this is the safe place. The the one safe place that should actually be used. Now, going back to the very beginning of this here, you know, it says, do not be like the hypocrites. That part right there, I just want to, on a side note here, that is a great little section to highlight, underline, make some note of. Right there, because that that right there, there's so much that can be unfilled for, from that. And, you know, um, for time's sakes, we're going to keep moving here. But wow, there is a lot here. Now, it is worth noting that because of this passage, there are those legalistic types who have come to the conclusion that all prayers should be private. And that simply just is not the case, as Jesus himself has demonstrated through both praying in public and privately. In the instance of both, they're both recorded multiple times. However, we can find an example of both right here in the book of Matthew, specifically in chapter 14. Uh, The main point that Jesus was making with this passage is that it comes down to motive. Prayer comes down to motive. Are you praying for attention or are you praying for yourself? Are you praying for others to see, putting yourself out there in that limelight like, oh, look at me, look at me, I'm over here, check it out, ooh, 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 pick me, pick me, hand up in the air, you know? Or are you burying yourself to God? Are you being heartfelt or a hip, you know, person or are you being a hypocrite? Your true motives are seen here. Jesus always sees them. So you're not fooling him. You know, while you might fool others around you if you fall into this, you know, um, section of being a hypocrite, you know, you're putting on this show. I'm telling you to stop because Jesus sees it. God sees it. You're not fooling him. Not even slightly. And, and really, you know, for those who are paying attention, you're not really fooling them either. At, at some point, they're just like, okay, what's going on? Okay. Now, Regardless of how you do it, there are those watching and they can see when you're faking it, you know, and this is not one of those situations where you can just fake it until you make it. You just can't. 
You need to be sincere. So we're going to move along now uh, back into Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 7 and 8. Matthew 6, verses 7 and 8, Jesus says, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So again, you know, that the whole repetition, it doesn't do any good. It, it, if anything, it makes you sound ignorant. This is something pagans did. Thinking that they're gods, you know, I hate to say that, but you know, they're idols, they're spiritual entities that they felt that they needed to pray to. They felt that, you know, if they were wordy and they were loud, that they would be more likely to be heard. And by repetition, this includes using, you know, different words to say the same thing. You know, those people who are like, you know, oh, Lord, Father, God, Jesus, Daddy, God, you know, and they, they, they have seven different ways of saying, you know, Lord, before, you know, before they even move on. You know, and we've all heard that, oh, Heavenly Father, Father, God, oh, Daddy, God, and all that. You know, if, if you're, I'm telling you, if you're talking like that, stop. You know, remember that that episode of Family Guy that there's that scene with Stewie and he's annoying the just absolute tar out of out of Lois, you know, mom, mommy, ma, mom, mother, mother, ma, mommy. It's the same thing. If you're having trouble finding the words, just take a moment, just pause. Think about what you need to say. And then move forward with the prayer. You're not a scratched record. If you need to take a second and think, hey, that's fine. The Lord doesn't mind. He knows what you're trying to say. You need to take the time to figure out what it is that you're trying to say. If you have to kind of back up and, you know, adjust things a little bit, you know, or whatever, hey, that's fine. Treat it like a conversation, though. You know, this is this is one of those important things here as well, because I, I want you to, to, to pay attention to what I'm about to say here. Because, especially when it comes to being wordy, there is a difference between being wordy and being persistent. Now, you can pray, and you haven't quite gotten the answer yet that you're looking for, right? So, you can actually go back and pray for the same needs again. You can do this repeatedly if you need to, all right? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, the Bible says, pray continually. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus, you know, he, he tells the parable of the persistent widow who kept going back with the same plea for help. Don't be shallow in your prayer, though. Don't be petty. Pray from the heart and he will hear you. He, he will listen to you. And he will provide an answer, as we just got done seeing here, you know, with Habakkuk. Uh, you can't pray too much when you pray from the heart. Because when you're talking from the heart, you will start having a real conversation. You're telling God the things of substance. And that, just like any other parent out there, that is what he's interested in. That's where relationships truly come together. All right. So now we're going to get into the blueprint of prayer here. What we what we're about to hear is often called the Lord's Prayer. And this is because it is the 
example that Jesus gave the disciples to model from and to teach others. Now, while we go through this, the parts are going to be slightly rearranged, you know, and you'll find that there are four part, you know, four parts here to a prayer which can be remembered by using the acronym PRAY. P R A Y. PRAY. P for praise, R for repent, A for ask, Y for yield. PRAY. So I'm going to repeat that for you. P praise. R repent. A ask why yield. And, and like I said, this is a guide that was given. Okay? So let's go into the prayer. We're going to break it down and we're going to relate it to this acronym. So let's listen to Jesus as he lays down this blueprint in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Jesus says, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, in verse 13 here, a couple things. And lead us not into temptation is the Greek, you know, the Greek for temptation can also mean testing. And the next part says, but deliver us from the evil one. Depending on your text that you, you read and what you study from, it may also be read or from evil. With some late translations, even adding in, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The last part there. You know, uh, yours is the kingdom and power, the glory forever and all. That's omitted from a lot of text. And the reason being is because it's not recorded in any of the old scrolls. It was added in later. So that's why a lot of texts actually cut that part out. So for those, oh, well, why was this taken out and all that? You know, I've talked about this in the past. As time has gone by and the languages have you know been studied more and are understood better better translations are made you know things that are just redundant some some of those things have been taken out because there's no point in saying well i stopped because the light turned red the light turned red so i stopped you know no nobody talks like that so that's why things have been you know with the translations they've been adjusted for the way people actually talk understand things and how we learn okay um like i said various texts various translations they're going to have this same prayer, but in one form or another. So let's get into it here. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. This is an indication of God not only being majestic, but personal and loving. In the acronym, we're looking at the P here because we're giving praise for who he is and what he's done. You know, Jesus calls God Father ten times in this teaching. Ten. He's showing how important relationships are to him. Not only does the church form a community, but also a family. You know, I'm I'm sure a lot of us have all been to uh, churches where they refer, you know, to the congregation as your church family. It's not uncommon, especially these days. And if you look back... In Matthew chapter 4, you'll see that Jesus started his ministry by having two brothers follow him. 
family. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We as Christians, we're part of God's family. And when we pray, we are to open our hearts and honor the Father. We're to keep his name holy. That's what hallowed means, is to keep it holy. And we do this by respecting him. You know, this this goes back, you know, uh, to to the Ten Commandments, uh, Ten Commandments, you know, uh, honor your mother and father, you know, or same thing, same principle. Uh, so next, um, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This as is for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. The why and pray. Why is to yield? See, we are yielding our will to God's and giving his plan priority over ours. Our plans change. His don't. Your kingdom come refers to the spiritual reign of God. It was announced in the covenant with Abraham, shown by the reign of Christ in the hearts of all believers and will be finalized and established by God when Satan is defeated and sent to hell for eternity. You know, it's it's that time when there's there's not going to be any more pain, there's not going to be any more suffering, uh, you know, no no more hate, but love and unity and fellowship for everyone and everything as we walk with Jesus. It's going to be glorious. Now, when we say your will be done. This is not just some passive submission, like we're just we're tapping out and giving in, you know, or like we've been defeated. So you know we're we're quitting. We're you know we're not tap, tapping out. We're not crying, uncle, or any of that kind of stuff. What we're doing is asking for God to complete His perfect purpose for us and for the world. We are recognizing. That his leadership is perfect. And we're following him and his will. He is the Lord of Lords and he is the King of Kings. And we're recognizing that. You know, people like to say that we need to make him the Lord of our lives. You know what? Hey, they're wrong. You know why? He already is. You know, as Christians, we already recognize this. So... We're already taking a knee and we're giving him we're giving him proper witness. We recognize him as king and that all glory is his. We're doing it now while we're living on earth, you know, before it's too late. After all, the Bible tells us eventually every knee is going to bend and every tongue is going to confess. We're doing it as his people. Not as those that he doesn't know. We're doing it now before it comes to that time where he says, leave, I don't know you. So next. The next piece here is, give us today our daily bread. This piece, as well as the end piece of, and lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. 
both of these sections, these are both the A and pray. We're asking. We're not only asking for our needs, because we do need to ask for our own needs. However, we are also asking for the needs of others. Because we're called to serve, aren't we? So we're, not, we're recognizing ours, but we're recognizing others' needs as well. And it's also a way of showing love. You see, in this piece, we're recognizing the fact that we are totally dependent on God. And that we need Him to provide for all of us. And to, to help us to keep going. Physically, mentally, and spiritually. We need God to take care of us and to lead us every single day. Plain and simple, we can't do it on our own. A lot of us have tried. Matter of fact, every single one of us has tried and we've all failed. God is the creator, so he knows what we need better than we do. And we trust in him to take care of those needs. All right, so moving in and forgive us our debts as we have also, I'm sorry, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Some texts say trespass and trespassers here. It's the same thing though. And it's because it's referring to the sins. This is the R and pray. We are repenting. We're repenting of the sins we have committed. So, you know, we're, we're repenting of the commands that God has given us that we've just ignored. Or just, or flat out, we recognize it and we're just like, nope, that rule's not meant for me. Broken. So, like, we've, we've actually gone against it. <coughs> so, saying ignored isn't even a strong enough word here. I'm just not sure what it is at the moment. Um, you know, and, and not only that, but in this section, we're also forgiving those who have wronged us as well. It's another way of showing love. You know, we, we are all imperfect. And as such, we need to address our own flaws. And really, this is the hardest part, isn't it? And we, we, we know we need to do this as Christians. And here, God's holding us accountable for it as well. That's really what this is. This is our accountability. This is our reality check. It's like, hey, 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 what are you leaving out there, buddy? You know, we, we, we all like to puff out our chest and, you know, go in there with that bravado. Oh, yeah, I'm, you know, God, God made me perfect. You know, no, he isn't. There's only been one perfect man that's ever walked this earth, and that was Jesus. So going into the final piece here now. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, um, from the evil one. Again, this falls under the A and pray. We're asking. We're all tempted throughout our lives. It's a daily battle. Jesus dealt with temptation. See, this part here reminds us that we need to ask for God's help during those times. That we need him to protect us from Satan when he's pressuring us to give in. You know, so, sometimes it's easy to say no. Other times, and there's a lot of them, it's really not. It's really not easy at all. Not even a little. However, you know, when we're looking here, you know, 
God's promised that he won't allow us to be tempted beyond what we can endure. Not that we won't get more that, than we can handle, but that we'll have a way out. First uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, the Bible says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be t- tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And this is how God helps us. All right. We come to him and we ask him for help to help us with recognizing the temptations for what they are and helping us to overcome them. You know, pe- people, people get really overwhelmed and just drown in temptation because they don't look to God to help them. It's, you know, it, 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 it's not that people can't do something or deal with something. It's that they need God's help. You know, as humans, we're all just, we're too stubborn and we're too ignorant to ask for it. You know, or to even ask, you know, when we ask and he puts his hand out, you know, we're, we won't even take his hand. He puts it out there. And this is like anything else. We, and we, we all know this person, that person who knows better than anyone and ends up messing things up or making a bigger mess because they're too self-important. They're too self-involved to ask, you know, for a hand. You know, and when that hand's put out, you know, they, they, they slap it away. Like, nope, I don't, I don't need your help. I can do this. I got this. You know? We, 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 need, we need to lean on God. Not keep walking blindly into the storm. Now, before we move on to the next part of our reading uh, for today, let me just pause for a second. What Jesus laid out here is a guide. All right? And I said this before. I but I can't reiterate it enough. It's not meant to be a word for word. It's not a do this. This is how it has to be done. This is what how you have to say it. That's how the legalists look at it. This is a guide. It's there to show what and how we should be praying. Now you could start off with it word for word. Absolutely. That is a great thing. But what the key is here is to take the pieces of this and replace them with our own words, with our own needs, our, you know, um, recognizing our own failures and our own faults. When we talk to the Father, we need to make sure that we're addressing these things. And, you know, and, and if the order needs to change a little bit from one conversation to the next, that's fine. Do it. Just make sure it's an honest, heartfelt conversation. You know, do, do all of us go through this checklist? Like, okay, I have to do this in this order every time we talk to somebody and lay things out. Now, maybe if you're giving instructions on how to do something, but the rest of the time, no. It's like, okay, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you know, and, and that's it. You know, th- think of it like you're giving instructions to somebody on how to get from point A to point B. Some of us are going to be like, okay, you're going to go down street A, and then you're going to turn right on street B and others are going to say, Hey, you know what? You're going to go down the road here and you're going to see a McDonald's. You're going to want to turn right after that McDonald's, right? Same thing, just delivered differently. There's not a wrong way here. You just have to make sure the pieces are put in there. That's it. 
but heartfelt, honest. So let's go into the final part of what Jesus said in this passage here. Uh, Join me now in Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. So Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15, Jesus says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So, even after the guide for prayer was laid out, Jesus goes on to tell us that if we don't forgive others, then he won't forgive us. That's how important this is. And this is how self-absorbed people get. Remember, we're called to love one another and forgive as Jesus did. And when we refuse to forgive, we're denying a part of ourselves. That part that recognizes that we've all fallen short and we have all sinned. And in doing so, we break from our relationship with God. Now remember, the only sin that God won't forgive is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. In other words, turning your back on Him. And that is exactly what we're doing when we refuse to forgive others. It's easy to ask others to forgive us or to expect others to forgive us. But then, even after that, people still hold on to grudges, don't they? It's like, yeah, I want this person, you know, this person's just being petty. They need to get over it. They need to forgive me. But then, I'm going to sit, you know, I'm going to sit there and be like, you know what? This guy's a real jerk. We need to stay away from him. You know, this is what he did and he never apologized or he never made right or, you know, whatever. That's how people are. They they expect people to forgive them, but then they'll hold on to those grudges, you know? And that's exactly what Jesus is telling us not to do. I'd encourage you all, go back and listen to my message on Wanna Be Tough Guys. We can't expect to be forgiven when we won't forgive others. You can't be forgiven for a sin that you continue to commit. Holding that grudge, not letting go of that hatred, that in itself is a form of hate. You can't love your neighbor and hate them at the same time. You cannot. It's one or the other. Now, as you see, a lot of things go into prayer here. We don't need to use meter or rhyme or any of that kind of stuff. We don't need to use these and thous like we're talking in a Shakespearean play. Nobody talks like that. Maybe at one point, but not anymore. We don't need to chant specific words either. You know, a lot of people have been taught specific prayers for certain things. Um, For examples, for meals. And they're great for starting off in prayer. If you don't know how to pray, you know, and this is how you're being taught, you know, hey, that's wonderful. That is wonderful. However, eventually, every single one of us should reach a point where we no longer need to rely on those little ditties and we can pray openly. Remember, it's a conversation. 
We should be giving praise, showing respect, taking our needs before the Father, unburdening our fears, our pains, our sins, and asking for guidance. That's how you get the conversation going, and that is how you develop a relationship with the Father. He loves you. He loves you. He loves me. He loves all of us, and he wants to hear from every single one of us, and it's not too late. If you're not speaking to him, you know, start today. Start right now. You'll find your life will begin to change for the better. Now, as I said earlier, there is a time and a place for public prayer as well. Public prayer, that's when we come together as the church and we pray together for one another's needs and for the needs of others. Some people like to say, let's pray in agreement or in accordance with each other. You know, it's kind of, really kind of starts sliding in that little jargon section. But really, this right here, this is a great way to pray with others. But again, it needs to be heartfelt. You know, somebody, I'm saying that a lot today because it is, one, it is really the most important part here. When we come together as a church, this is the ideal time to actually listen to the needs of others. I mean, you should always do that, but especially here, you know, when you're with your church family, there, there, there's no better time. Uh, unfortunately, though, you know, so, sometimes we have to be wary. We have to be careful of those who ask how you're doing. And they seem to kind of, well, not even kind of, they, they glaze over like a donut when you start telling them uh, about your needs or what's going on. And, you know, they're like, oh, okay, you know, and they try to rush along to the next person or the next topic. This is actually a really good place for us all to evaluate how we greet one another. Because think about it. The vast majority of us, when we greet each other, it's like, hey, how are you doing? How are you? The reality of it, though, is that we don't expect an answer. Just say, okay, good, fine, not so bad. Yourself? Oh, hey, how are you doing? You know, in return? You know that that's you know that quick good thanks and then drive on. That's what people have come to expect. This isn't the the right way to use this though, especially when we come together as the church. If you don't want the answer to that question or you are not prepared for it at that time, don't ask people how they are. Just don't change your greeting. Say good morning, good afternoon. Something along those lines. You know, it, it's not that hard. You know, out in public, I'd encourage everybody to do the same. Think about how you're greeting people versus how you should be doing it. Especially when we come together as a church. When you hear that question, you should be ready to actually answer that person and tell them about your prayer needs so that you can pray together. So that you... You can pray together. That's what it is to be the church, to be part of the church. Uh, matter of fact, just uh, you know, the other day I, I did a little coffee break and I was talking about the, this this very thing myself. You know, the the that difference between being the church and being in a building. They are two distinctly different things, aren't they? So when you're in that situation and you're talking to someone and you see them start to just 
glaze over. Start wrapping up what you're telling them and just making a note to pray over that person later. Because their heart really isn't where it needs to be, is it? And a lot of pastors, for that matter, don't share their needs. But we all have needs. It comes down to a matter of pride. It really does. It's a matter of pride. Another sin in itself, isn't it? However, that's not the right mentality. Sharing your needs with the church is the best place because if you won't share with them, who do you have that's going to pray for you? If you can't trust your church family, why not? God's placed you with this part of his family for a reason. Family is supposed to take care of one another. It's supposed to help one another. It is supposed to support and empower one another. So don't neglect or take for granted coming together with the family to pray, with the church to pray. Don't be afraid of the intimacy that comes from loving one another. That is strength in itself, my friends. Pray and pray in love. We have hope and we have light in prayer because God loves us so much. Jesus loves us so much. You know, we can take our joys and we can take our sorrows to him, our ups and our downs. When it comes to prayer, even with one another, we should be mourning with one another in those, those hard times and celebrating with one another in those great times. And we know that Je- you know, Jesus is going to be encouraging us when we need it. And he's going to be comforting us when we need it. And when the family comes together with him, we all know he's proud of us. That's happiness. That's love. That, that's how we need to live. If you've started the conversation and you started building that relationship, keep going. Keep building that relationship. If you haven't, start the conversation. Start it right now. Don't wait any longer. There's no better time. We don't know how much time we have. Could be a minute. Could be an hour. Could be a day. Could be a year. Could be several years. Prayerfully it is. But we don't know. And Jesus has already warned us. We need to come to him now. Because he is the way. If you don't start that conversation with him now, you don't start getting to know him now, you don't start that relationship with him now, eventually that time is going to come when it's too late. And he's going to say, depart. I never knew you. And there's no reason for that because we have that hope. We have that joy because he's told us this is how. I'm here. I want to talk to you. He's knocking at the door. Eagerly, happily, he's excited. He wants to hear from us all. And if you're omitting any of these parts from your prayer, start adding them in there. You know, maybe you don't have them every single time, but regularly, regularly enough where you're addressing all these needs and they're all being put out there. 
That's what a relationship is. And that's what love is. Remember, you're loved. You are a blessing. Now go be a blessing. Go be the light. Go be the church. Take care, everybody. I want to thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or would like to know more about our ministry, you can find us on our website at bethelightsanctuary.org or on Facebook at Be The Light Sanctuary. We'll catch you next time. God bless.